ladies and gentlemen, are you ready? Clip Central. Oh, wow. Our new friend is back again. Our little beatboxer. Beatboxing. George of Note. Is that Gorgeous George? No, Gorgeous George, who's that? That's that beatboxer, Gorgeous George. I have no idea who that is. He does like a whole bunch of beatboxing stuff in South Africa. Is it him? Um, George Avak. That's him. That's him. Yes. Okay. Yeah, when, he, when he started his career back in the day, he used to call himself Gorgeous Georges. Why did he? I'm because it I, rhymes. I'm just glad he changed it again. Just never. Let's never do that again. Let's never refer to him as Gorgeous George. <laughs> but alas, <laughs> it's just gonna put a few minutes past nine, and it's friend and Sia with hashtag. Hands across SA. Good morning, friend. Morning, Zia. How are you oh, doing? I had to stop myself. I nearly wanted to call you George. Thanks. Now I have that on my mind for the rest of the show. But it's going to be a good two hours, won't it? It's going to be a good two hours. Today, we're chatting all about the animals. We've got a whole bunch of uh, different people coming onto the show. Yeah. <laughs> some some differences. Yeah, difference was enough of an adjective to encapsulate everything. Definitely. We, we're, we're, gonna be, gonna... we're going to be looking at all the different aspects of... Uh, Doing good in South Africa and animals joining in and people doing good for the animals and good news stories internationally about that. Oh, yeah. I'm excited. What? Well, to give a little, I don't know, like to throw forward netabiki about what's going on. We have um, Tanya, who's coming in a little later, from the Irwin Animal Rescue Center. And what, you know, the... What really inspires me about her story, and I know we're going to talk to her more in depth when she comes into studio, was basically, how can you sum it up, Brent? She was in the corporate world. She was in the corporate world, and she was doing a whole bunch of corporate things, and she started, I mean, she'll, she'll tell us herself, but she started getting heavily involved in animals and animal rights and, and doing a lot of things, volunteer work. And it eventually got to a point where she made a decision to stop working in the corporate world uh-huh. and to dedicate her life to giving back to animals, which I think is a huge pat on the back. I, I don't think I would be able that, to do it. Yeah, it's an understatement of notes. What I love about her story, and I think this is what we're going to apply throughout the whole entire show, is you, wherever you are, in whatever capacity you can, it doesn't necessarily mean quit your day job and now move to Shanghai and start doing amazing things. But it's wherever you are, whenever you are, however you can do it, go out there and make your little bit into the world. And I think that's when we can relate to Tanya's story by dedicating your life to service. So that's the amazing totally. thing that I love. And and throughout um, the shows that we've been doing over the past six weeks, the the one constant thread has always been about changing little things. Ooh, it's yes. all about changing the little things to create that big change within society and your community. It's Change One Thing Tuesday. Change One Thing Tuesday. Yes. And it's also not just any Tuesday. Today's a spectacularly important day yes. internationally i don't I, know i don't know what I it means this. for the greater good but today is <laughs> so what is today's here international tiger day i love people who say you know what there's no use for twitter whatnot twitter's actually the number one reason how i got this job by the way and twitter also educated us today today when we were when we were checking out the tweets uh people were tweeting at cliffcentral.com or yes. using the hashtag hands across they say <laughs> and we came across the fact that today is in fact international tiger day uh, what does that mean? It means that we're going to play Eye of the Tiger. We're going to play Eye okay. of the Tiger. Maybe not. Okay, I just jumped the gun. Or maybe, <laughs> or maybe, uh, what did we say earlier on? Katy Perry's Roar. Yeah, I think like we always play that song. It's like a bit too much. So let's. <laughs> well, if if maybe you have another suggestion for International Tiger Day, maybe send us your suggestion to play. Oh yes, give us I, a song. 
Yeah, just as long as it has Tiger. How many songs do you know that have Tiger in it? Uh, one right now. No, That's I all I can think of. Which one is I that? I have the Tiger. Oh, yeah, true. I have the Tiger and Raw. But whatever you want to say and however you want to add to our conversation as well, feel free to send us a message to screen in our WeChat official account. It's Cliff Central. And then you can also tweet us with um, the hashtag, hashtag HandsAcrossSA or at CliffCentral.com on Twitter. Right? That's correct. Those yes. are all those are all the mediums to get hold of us. Or you can simply just also call in. You know this little old-fashioned thing called calling? You know that? What? Uh, FaceTiming? No, no, no. You, it's an actual phone with Pick buttons. Pick it up, push yes. in the numbers. <laughs> and you just happen to push in the numbers. 0861-555-189. So, so much coming your way in the next two hours, and I'm so, so excited about this. This is hashtag hands across SA. So, change one thing's Tuesday today, Brent. It's change one thing Tuesday today. Oh, yeah. And, and because it's all about animals, mm-hmm. and we're concentrating on doing good in South Africa and internationally, I believe that, that today's change one thing Tuesday from my side would be all about the rhinos and saving the rhinos. Rhinos are huge. And even though it's Tiger Day, we yeah. can we can still support the rhinos <laughs> every day. It doesn't need to be just one animal a day. Um, to get involved, there's, I mean, there's so many websites oh, out yeah. there and there's so oh, many yeah. things that you could get involved in. But but a great one is savetherhino.org. And they have um, a whole bunch of really easy ways that you could get involved, whether you want to donate um, a bit of cash to, to get behind the rangers that are fighting the poachers, or you can even become a ranger. You can help the rangers and go on expeditions to save rhinos. At the moment, they've got a great thing uh, that Mark Boucher has got involved in since he's left cricket. And Yeah, I was trying to connect the dots. Like, was he a rugby player, Mark? But okay. No, yeah, he it. was our famous cricketer that had that, that terrible accident where the wood chip went into his eye during a Ain't cricket not. game. Yeah. Okay. So he's partially blind in the one eye. But yes, so he's he's involved in this great thing. It's also um, South African breweries that are behind it. And you could go on an expedition to save the rhinos. You basically go away to a lodge for the weekend. You go in a helicopter flight. You dart the rhino with a sleeping, a sleeping dart. Uh huh. What would you call it? I don't know. Well, I, I the, I'm like pers- the last Sleeping person arrow. to ask for this. You're the little so drug thing. You hunt the rhino without killing it. You you put it to sleep. Okay. And when they when they have the rhino, they check that the rhino is all in good shape. But the important thing that they're doing is um pulling a little bit of DNA from the rhino's horn. Uh-huh. And the reason for that is uh you can match up. A rhino's DNA to the horns that are being sold around the world. So if Ooh. someone in Asia, China, Hong Kong, if they get caught with a rhino horn and that rhino horn can feed back to that rhino, you can convict them as a crime. But here's the thing that I, I, I just don't really understand. This is such a huge epidemic, I- epidemic. It's still happening so often, you know, rhino poaching and the number of rhinos dwindling down. And there was this big, I think it was 2012, there was this big surge of like almost every single car you saw had like the rhino horns. That dodgy little horn that you put in the front, like the plastic. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Was there really an impact on that? I'd really think, you know, all, really we wish them all the best and all their causes, but I really didn't think it hit the nail on the head, like with absolutely raising awareness for rhinos. I think what's important is that that starting the conversation. And if you're getting involved and you're you're putting the horn on your car, as ridiculous as it looks, yeah, it's important that you're raising the conversation, you are talking about it, and that that is important in itself. 
Yeah. We we all need to have it on our minds. If you if you support causes like going to the Kruger and paying a little bit more to help fight rhino poaching and you buy those silly little horns that you put on the car, that money's going back to a conservation that's doing good for the cause. You know, I I think just overall now speaking about South Africans helping. I don't know what we need to do. But it's the oddest things of how you rally up South Africans to help. Because remember, do you remember those gold um, bricks that you could buy? You um, you SMSed or you donated money. What did you do with the brick? No, no, no. You 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 paid money towards the brick. Okay. And it had your name. I think it was in the Kruger National Park or something. There was a surge of people trying to help out, and then all of a sudden died down. You had the rhino horns. You had um. I don't know what it is, but people, South Africans, I just feel we don't rally enough to care and stand behind a cause. Do you feel that way? Or am I just... Mm, Debbie Downer a little bit. No, it's not Debbie Downer. It's being realistic, though, because you'd expect a country like this to really rally up to something that affects us. Even the HIV AIDS um, whole issue. You know, we know what's going on. It affects us. We see it. We can see it almost in every single community. But we are still the ones who are ill-informed, and we really aren't doing enough. I'd I'd say. I think I think maybe maybe we could do more, as in you and I, we could put our minds together and do more, and our listeners could do more. But with that said, there are a lot of people out there that are doing a lot for the cause. Yeah. So there there are people that are involved in fighting against rhino poaching every day. Uh-huh. They're fighting against. I mean, today's International Target Day. And and there are organizations that are fighting against the same thing happening on different continents. Um, apparently, the, the world has lost over 97% of its wild tigers over the last 100 years. But because tigers aren't indigenous to South Africa, we don't think it's our problem. So you maybe see, maybe, that's you, it. Maybe, yeah. maybe you and I don't do enough to get involved right now and today. Uh, but even just talking about it and bringing it to people's attention... Hopefully, there's one listener that, that picks up on that and goes, hold on a minute. I have 100 rand spare. I can go onto targeday.org and I can give them that money so that they can do something good with it to stop the poaching, whether it's tigers, rhinos, animals, whatever cause you believe in and you're fighting for. It's about doing the little things to make the big changes. And I think it's important that we're raising the conversation so that people can also get involved and they can be informed about it. Yeah. Thanks to Twitter, we know that it's International <laughs> Tiger Day. I think we actually have to cite to the guy who tweeted us. Can you can you look for that tweet and talk at the same time? No, 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 no. You you know my issue with multitasking. You need to get that right. But yeah, so I, I I got a little quote the other day. Um, you can be a jack of all trades but a master at none, and that is why I will not multitask. Isn't that good? Yeah, uh, each, each to his own, maybe. Each to his own. So we're going to look for the person who told us all about International Target Air. George. George underscore ZA. Another George? Does no. he does he beatbox? No, he calls himself George from SA. That's literally his name. Um, He's from Johannesburg. So thank you as well, George. He wants us to eat a bowl of Frosties, maybe, as well. Yeah, because that's got that Tony <laughs> the, the Tiger, tiger yeah. on, on the cover. So maybe quite a few little alternative ways to spend the day. But, you know, it's all for a good cause. And that's exactly what the show is all about. It's a few minutes past nine. Wow, goodness, a few minutes. Fifteen minutes past nine. And it's Brent in, and I. In other languages, they call it quarter past nine.
Brent, why you gotta stop my role now? You know, I'm <laughs> kinda onto something. But it's hashtag hands across SL right here on cliffcentral.com. Brenton Tia right here with hashtag hands across essay talking about you know what it's not just talking about all the good stuff but it's talking about the bad stuff in order to get to the good stuff right it's, that, you, you got to endure the sour to enjoy the sweet sure look at you Mr. Philosophical all right so we have a caller Michael from Durban he wants to comment on the conversation good morning Michael <laughs> did we uh, just lose our caller maybe if we can try getting back on the line Michael give us a call back Yo, was he impatient Maybe. Sorry, we were come on Eileening. That re- that song <laughs> reminds me of karaoke for some reason. Why? I think it was uh, just very 
No, it was here, actually, in the studio at the staff meeting, which... A staff meeting of note. Yeah. Yeah. So let's not talk about what happened that night, because I feel like I'm unfairly described. Let's just leave it at that. So... (laughs) So if you want to be like Michael, by the way, just like Michael who actually gets online and doesn't, you know, have technical difficulties, call us into studio 0861-555-189 or send us a message on WeChat. Our official account is Cliff Central. Oscar listening. Oscar's listening. Yeah, people, uh, as soon as I said Oscar, I just had all the connotations with that as well. I mean, it, it's a different Oscar. I, I just got to say quickly, Mama Soldier Cindy... Ah. On, on Twitter, wants yes. to know how many savannas you've had. Ah, Mama Soldier Cindy. There's then, like, there's like been like three slurs already. No, not any big major ones, right? Uh, Oscars. <laughs> no, because it was midway through a laugh, so I was trying to catch myself. It's one of those things. No, um, he's had none. He's had none. Exactly. So just judge me on the rest of the show. Let's see how I go. Let's do like a slurro meet or something. Um, Oscar says, you know, the show is just awesome. So thank you so much for listening, Oscar. Let us know what's on your mind as well. Send us a message on WeChat or at cliffcentral.com or hashtag handsacrosssa on Twitter. So, you know, Brent, as you said, we have to, what is that ph- philosophical quote you used? Cause now you I like got, it. You gotta, you gotta endure the sour to enjoy the sweet. Yes. So like, in order to be able to see the good, you have to realize that there are, there's really crappy parts to, to stories and there's really, like if we had to look at the rhino poaching, it's incredibly sad that so many rhinos are being taken out. But if if they if that wasn't happening, there would be no uh, conversation about the rhinos to start off with. Yeah. So here's the thing. There's um the teenager in Fosloras, ne? Remember him? He was in in the news a while ago. He um shot his bully. He shot his bully. Yeah. He was being bullied at school. And it got what, to that point. What yeah. did he shoot him with? A gun. And where did he get that gun? Um, I can't remember that. Was it his mother's? Um, the people allegedly used his mother's police issued gun to shoot the bully in the head. So this guy was out there genuinely ticked off. I thought that that's honestly, I believe that those stories only happen in America. Oh no. You always hear about people walking into schools with guns and doing their thing in the States. Whereas here in South Africa, in Fosleras, Fosloras. Fosloras. Ah, 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 ah. You know, usually I'm the one who gets all the words wrong, but now I feel good because I can actually tell you. <laughs> Fosloras. But you know what? This time, let's not waste a lot of time. Um, Michael is back on the line. So let's see if we can get him live on air. Michael, good morning. Morning. How are you doing? Good, thanks. How are you? Good, good, good. I'm enjoying the topic today. Thank um, you. Yeah. What's on your mind? <laughs> My biggest concern, you know, with all these guys that have saved the rhino and buy a horn for this is who's making sure where this money's going? I'm, I've always, this is my biggest concern. Is, you know, is, there, is there an organization that's making sure that the money's getting to the people on the ground? Mm. I'm sure, I'm sure. Have you ever considered that? You know what I'm saying? We also, we, there must be somebody who's checking, but who is? That's, I, 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 I'm all for looking after the rhino and donating. I'm always concerned. It's like it's almost like a fad. Like you said, in 2012, everyone had a rhino horn on their car, and there yeah, were yeah. YouTube videos, and it was hashtag hashtag save the rhino, and uh, Facebook pages and stuff like that. And then the fad sort of died out. But when it was a fad, where was all that cash going? You know, and 
I, that's for me is, you know, like you guys give me an example of somebody and I say, oh, who's checking um, where that money's going? It's, yeah. Maybe it's not a nice thing, but it's something I think we should consider. We should investigate all these funds before you donate. You know what I'm saying? Investigate before you donate. I, th- I think that's a, a, a huge valid point that you brought up. Yeah. And there, yeah. there are a couple of opportunistic people that would take of advantage of, of those situations. Luckily, we do have uh, reputable sources that go and check the, the, the different charities. So your bigger ones, like savetherhino.org, um, yes. they yes. would have... Uh, auditors making sure that the funds are going to where they're supposed to. Obviously, yeah. living in South Africa, we are faced with corruption in every, <laughs> yeah. in everywhere we look. Yeah. So the only thing you could do is, is try to look at the bigger organizations and, and, yeah. and hope that it does. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, all, all these non-profit organizations still pay salaries to the staff. Oh, totally, yeah, so totally. Yeah, that's yeah. a reality. You're the CEO of uh, SaveTheRhino.org. You can decide how good the salary is, and then that's Non-profit organization is actually still profiting somebody. So, yeah. yes, absolutely. But uh, it's just something that I think people should consider before you go and, you know, buy that little sticker for the back of your car. Make sure, do a bit of research on the company, I think, and make sure that the money is really getting to the people on the ground. Thank you so much, Michael. That's a great quotable that you left us off with. Investigate <laughs> before you donate. Enjoy the rest of the day, hey. Cool. All Thank you, sir. Bye-bye. Bye. I would love to to get hold of someone like SaveTheRhino.org, who we who we just found on the web. We're yeah. not we're not punting them for any other reason. I would love for them to to sort of get involved or us to chat to them to see what their auditing process is like. So that that could be very interesting. But you know what? The truth of the matter is, you know, I love that we I sort of got my question answered. Is how do you rally up South Africans to really go out there and help? And it has to do with a fad. Yes. Truth be told, yes. that's it. You know, remember a few weeks ago we spoke about Goodbye Malaria? Yes. And the whole clothing and all the accessories that they have. I now know people who have like literally tons of these bracelets from Goodbye Malaria all on their arms just because it looks cool and a lot of people are doing it. That's the same thing that happened with um, Lance Armstrong with the with the little Live, Live Strong. Live Strong. Yeah, the yellow, the yellow bands as well. What? I think you just have to – it's something that can – Everyone can feel included into. Yeah. yeah. So just as long as it's a fad and whatnot and you appeal to people, hey, yeah, it may be kind of vain, but at least someone is benefiting for there, good there cause. Ha- there has to be a good cause at the end of it, yeah. whether it's a fad or not. I, I think there's a lot of organizations out there that, that can't jump onto the fads, and, they, and those are the organizations ah. that are looking for the real help. We just had Mandela Day a week and a half ago, yeah. and I was chatting to a friend of mine who said – who said the biggest problem was she arrived at an orphanage or a, a organization that was around the corner from her office. And when she arrived there, there were like 20 other businesses helping that orphanage. So, so it's like a turf war. But, but, but that, that's sort of what it becomes like. When, it, when it's Mandela Day, everybody goes, whoa, we got to do something. And it's a fad. we got to do something. Got to yeah. give us 67 minutes. And everybody jumps on the same bandwagon. And for the rest of the other 364 days of the year, what are you doing? But you know what? Let's be optimistic. It is the starting point. You know, I think that's how it starts. When you you experience the Mandela magic on a day like Mandela Day, I think slowly but surely you can integrate it into your life naturally. Agreed. And and there are there's a lot of people that do get involved on a weekly, monthly yeah. basis in different charities and organizations. There's there's a couple of animal shelters around the northern parts, Paws, 
I think it's called Paws for Us, or there's Fora, which is for our rescued animals. And they're all no-kill shelters that have got all these animals that need to be fed, uh, bathed, played with, looked after, and and they survive off volunteers. Mm. That's all volunteer work. Yeah, it's the little thing, slowly but surely. Yeah. So we like that. So onto this kid, by the way. I know we, we feel like we're jumping around, but this is something I... Back, s- we, yeah. back, back to Fosslerus. Fosslerus, yes. I kind of s- feel strongly about this. This kid who was bullied was pushed to the point where he took his mother's gun and he shot his bully in the head and he's now being tried today. He faces charges of unlawful possession of a firearm and unlawful possession of ammunition. Personally, for me, I don't believe in this. I'm sorry. About him being tried? Yes. You know, it's it's such a difficult subject because on the one hand, you have this kid that's going through a horrible time in his uh, space it's where he's, he spends he spends most of his time during the day because let's face it whether you're at school or work that's where you spend the majority of your hours and to be unhappy in that space and to be bullied uh, it's it's absolutely disgusting to shoot someone in the head i don't i like i don't think that that's uh, more violence yeah. doesn't make anything better two wrongs don't make a right here's the thing i'm not advocating shooting or firearm <laughs> position or whatever it is but i always said if you know, murder wasn't a crime. Oh, the, the population in the world would have like halved. Because, you know, when you're angry and when you're, you're in that space, and I was bullied as a child as well, you imagine such. So you can relate to, to what he went Absolutely. through. Absolutely. What did you do in that situation? I, I mean, if you look at all the international stories on bullying and you've got all these great celebrities like Ellen DeGeneres and, yeah. and Oprah and, just getting involved against bullying. Yeah. When you were being bullied at school, what did you do? Oh, heck, it was horrible. It started when I was about in grade one and very on and off. Because Sia was Sia, always the same. He was that loud mouth, annoying child in school. He was very outspoken. And so that like, and supposedly I didn't go through that phase of girls have cooties. <laughs> <laughs> so, so like a lot of the guys are like, ah, he, he can talk to girls, what's going on type yeah. of thing. Um, and that went on and off for a good six years until grade six. And I think at that age, I was like, you know what? They're jealous of something that I have and that they cannot possess. So it's clearly just jealousy above and beyond anything. So I actually felt bad for them. Then um, did it did it stop? How did it sort of end? Oh, yeah, because when you don't care, it's just a thing of, okay, well, he's not fun anymore. So we can't yeah. spit venom at him but, anymore. But it was still six years of flippant torture. Yeah. Like there were days I didn't want to go to school. There were days I wanted to move to a new school. There were days I forcefully, you know, like would stay away from certain activities because you just don't want to be in in that environment. So yes, I did grow up and I did get to see things in a different manner. But imagine for him, my heart goes out to him when you cannot see, you know, a ray of sunshine in the future. And that is the future. A lot of people go through that. And for him to be tried like this. So so the other question that I have for you is did you have a good support structure? Did you have did you have amazing teachers? Did you have good friends? Were your parents heavily involved? Did was your support structure? Yeah. And I think that's what it comes down to. Perhaps, exactly. Perhaps the situation that this little kid found himself in is that he didn't have a great support structure. He didn't have he didn't have anyone to come home to to make him feel confident about his own creativity. Yeah. And and that's that's the saddest part about all of this. You see, there are a lot of question marks with a situation like this. And that's why I think 
the reason why I think it's kind of too harsh to go straight to the courts. Has he seen a therapist? Has he had someone he can speak with? Has he had someone who he can deal with and talk about his issues? I feel like it's kind of too harsh to just jump. Yes, I understand the law is the law and that's what it is. (laughs) But people, no, hey, no. It's just like the story in Florida. I don't know whether you heard about this, but it's a 35-year-old father. His name is Jason Browning, who walked in on a family friend sexually molesting his son. And he beat that molester to a pulp. He basically, before he did it, he called 911 and he's like, by the way, I think you guys better get an ambulance up in here because you're going to get somebody in a pool of blood. And he stuck to that. He beat this guy because he um the molester, his name is Philander, his surname is Philander, um, and he lived next door. So he's quite a um close family friend. And when Jason, the father, walked in, he basically found this neighbor with his 11-year-old son molesting him in the act. And so that is why if Raymond, um, you know, no, 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 if Jason Browning, the father, is about to be charged, that's when as well. I I, I don't fall. Yeah, it's a very gray area. Uh, and, and both situations are very disturbing. Oh, there's nothing gray about that. It's the truth. And if you, as a natural father... If you were to walk in with your loved one, seeing them in a position I, like that... I would, I would most probably do exactly the same. Thank you. And so is it fair necessarily to be charged with, like, I don't know, assault or something hideous like that when... It's it's a difficult... Because when it, you've got the law on the one hand, so you're, you're protecting your own and you're fighting back and you're, you're doing what is believed to be the right thing in that situation. Yeah. And then in the other hand, you have law. And the law... Ay, ay, ay. Yeah, it's very murky water. And then you hear the likes of uh, Raymond Frilander, the 18-year-old who was molesting the 11-year-old. He admitted that he had been molesting the boy for three years. Eish. And then he's going to be the one who says, no, 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 but he has rights. And so, you know, he's the victim in the situation. Heck no, he isn't the victim in the situation. I think it's very fair that he was left in a pool of blood. Is it kind of sadistic? Mm. Mm. <laughs> Just a little... Sorry, I grew up in the hood. You know, you deal with things first, <laughs> then you think about the repercussions later. But you know, it's, that's that's what we have to deal with. And that's the world we live in. It's sad, but it's the truth. Yeah. Mm. Mm, I need a pick-me-up and I'll... Uh-uh, don't, don't put it like that. That's what we have to deal with, though, friends. <laughs> I know. It's just, it is, it's it's rather disturbing to hear. Yeah. It, I, I, I just don't know what's going on with society. I think that's... No, but like, pull it back just a little bit because yeah. I think society is a really, really big number. So there are, there are a couple of crazies thrown in there. Um, I don't think it is, I don't think it's everybody. You have two people that are right now sitting in a studio talking about what's wrong with the world. So we're, if we, if we're okay, an indication true. of society, it's, it's just the <laughs> segment. You know what I mean? A society is not that bad. There's just a couple of crazies that are thrown in. You know, in the society mix. is just a big old family reunion, which <laughs> you don't want to be part of. You know, those crazy cousins of yours that you, move away from because you know how they are type of vibes so yeah Yeah. that's not (laughs) no this is this is uh hands across sa on cliff central so by the way i'm kind of um disappointed that i couldn't find eye of the tiger have you still not found it no we you know what if we do not have that in the system then it's kind of a horrible thing we should have been playing that but i'm very excited to talk to our guest and 
just in a few minutes at 10 o'clock. But you know what? You know how we're using this whole analogy of going above and beyond your life and using your life and dedicating it to service. So there are now top 10 reasons to dedicate your life to changing the world, which I, I um, spotted this article and I absolutely love this. It's from this website called WeRepair.org. And it's all about just going out there in your own capacity and changing the world. So it's kind of inspirational. So let's hope this is a little bit of an... I'm liking this. Yes. Okay. Let's, go, let's go this way. I like this. So this is what they say. Um, number one, you can put your passions to work. If you've got an issue that you care about deeply, there's no better way to express your support than by working towards moving that issue forward. I love that. I like that. And that's, I think, this is, wow, this is almost like breaking down the big daunting thing that is going out there to help. Because I feel like a lot of people think, ooh, where am I going to start? How am I going to start? Et cetera, et cetera. But, you know, if you, just like me in my own capacity, I once saw videos and sort of just incorporated into the show today from people of the ethical treatment of animals. Just when you see how, you know, how animals are treated, when you hear stories of, a chicken, you know, where you get most of your eggs right now in mainstream stores, etc. A chicken will spend its whole entire life in a space smaller than a standardized iPad and will never see sunlight. That for me was a bit, ah, uh-uh. you can't sit here and then thank the Lord and say grace for your steak. I, <laughs> then I, you hear the story behind I, it. I that agree. It didn't feel right. And I've and heard, so, yeah, I've heard crazy stuff about like the organic stickers that go onto. Our produce, yeah, that they're not really organic. It's a marketing scheme. It's, oh, yeah. it's a whole big marketing scheme to make us think they're organic, so we exactly. pay the premium for them. And I inquired. This sounds ridiculous, and and we won't judge. We don't <laughs> judge unless we have to. Okay. I I wanted to get a bunch of chickens for my house, so that I could. Uh, sorry, live chicken. Live chickens, as in Farmer Brent. Farmer Brent in my okay. house to get some chickens to like roam around and, and lay eggs and, and then I would know that the eggs are, are properly organic because okay. I would, fe- I would know what I would be feeding the chickens. Yeah. And the laws in the estate where I, or the rules in the estate where I stay do not allow for chickens on our property because apparently they make too much noise. Which I, I didn't ever know. I didn't know that. I, I, I know. It, I know that a rooster makes a noise in the morning. Yeah. But appara- <laughs> apparently, when when chickens are doing their thing and laying their eggs, it is extremely noisy. Yeah, that's what I've heard. So does it count as noise pollution? What is that? I don't know. The rules are we not no chickens allowed in our gardens. <laughs> I find that crazy. You can grow vegetables, but you can't have chickens. Okay, true. Because yeah. it's this whole thing of when you think of a farm, you think, oh, the cows are freely Ser- moving around. Serene. And they're chomping on grass, and they get milk, and there's probably violence playing in the background, when clearly none of that is true, you yeah. know? So when I saw videos like that and heard about Peter, cause, you know, that's when I was just like, ah, sorry, can't eat meat. And so it's the little things of a cause that you believe in yeah. personally rather just stick to that and that'll be better okay? how, how long have you been a vegetarian for now uh since i was about you know <laughs> going back to that whole fad thing the whole reason why i found out about um peter people for the ethical treatment of animals was when i heard about chloe kardashian who posed naked for their photos i'm just i'm just putting it out there yeah peter do a lot of naked stuff oh yeah i think well, they kind of like people peter are all about they got Skin. the right they got the right answer though because it's it's what can cause a stir and getting right onto that fad so the whole one of their biggest campaigns is I'd rather go naked than wear fur or be comfortable in your own skin and let animals keep theirs 
So you have all of these celebrities who pose naked. Um, Joanna Krimper, who's a great model, and you get to see kibbles and bits, which are very seductively <laughs> covered in the photo shoot. She did um, a campaign for them. Pamela Anderson has done several. Tia Maru, who's an actress, she's done several. Bethany Frankel from The Real Housewives of New York. So they really get popular figures to strip down naked for a good cause. I was going to say that that's, that's the popular celebrity types that they get oh, to yeah. get all naked. Uh, when Tanya gets in here, we need to ask her about Would her experience with that. Pe- well, I think she has. Ooh, really? I, th- I think she did a pizza thing in Sanson where, where they'd body painted her. But we need to ask her about that. Because that's another thing that pizza does. Pizza was also known for going to fashion shows where the designers use fur. And didn't they throw red oh, paint? Yeah, Kind of extreme, but you got to do what you got to do for your message. Yeah. Um, so just capitalizing on that. But going back, it's all about, you know, whatever you believe and you need to strive towards that. So number two on the list is, says you get to be the change. Now, everyone has heard the famous quotes attributed to Mahatma Gandhi, you know, be the change you wish to see in the world. So this one is a way to really live it, which I absolutely loved. Number three is you will work with amazing teammates. For Sia, kind of daunting. What if you don't like the people? What if they have germs? What if they're freaks who may not want to work with people? (laughs) But social change does not occur or exist in a vacuum. So it requires teamwork with other like-minded people. That's what I love the most. And these people will be your colleagues and your partners in crime, the good kind of crime, by the way. Yeah. And they always end up uh, becoming great friends. Number four on the list is inspiring others is a part of the job description. Who doesn't want to inspire others? That's great, though. Yeah. Um, so do you remember the person who opened your eyes to service and helping others and who brought about your aha moment? That's what I love. <laughs> so it's all about getting to be part of that and doing that for other people. Number five on the list, all about 10 reasons to dedicate your life to changing the world, is the question, what am I doing with my life, will become irrelevant. Because I think it's one of those things where you find a purpose to your life to a certain extent. So good, meaningful jobs come and go, even in the realm of world-changing work. But when you dedicate your life to service and you will wake up every day knowing your purpose. That's special. Yeah, I should be taking notes on this. Number six, social change conferences are the best. Have you ever been to any of those? I've never been to... Well, so I got... uh, I, I got... Uh oh. Awarded something last week. Yeah, friend! I feel like we have to talk about. Okay, can you complete the list that I'll read? Okay, talk complete, about. Complete I'm already the, too I'm excited. Gonna, I'm going to tell you about social change. So yes. let's complete the list. Let's remember that. Okay, so every year there are hundreds of conferences all around the globe that bring together smart, inspiring people like Brendan Dickey to discuss <laughs> important issues. Okay. So they're lovely ones like the Social Good Summit and the Clinton Global Initiative University. Um, interactive festival, there are tons, so it's all about that in the world. Number seven, you'll be so cutting edge. This is kind of vain, but it appeals to people. <laughs> Without fail, people doing world-changing work are on the cutting edge of their fields, helping to see, set the world conversation about important facts. That's great. Number eight, you get a secret cape. What? Yeah, I know. It's kind of cool. So, okay, so you may not be, it may not be like an actual cape, but chances are now again, now and again, you'll feel like a bit of a superhero of note, which is true. I think they should give out actual capes. I would uh, so, I would so be on board. And I always thought Super Sia just has a great ring to it. And it does. <laughs> I know. 
<laughs> Number nine, the learning never stops. So no matter what field you care most about, be it education, the environment, or ending hunger, ending hunger, it is bound to change and evolve. You'll be there for every step along the way, and you know that you're making a difference. And number ten, lastly, everyone likes to hear the words thank you. So simple and so true. When you help others for a living, you're bound to hear a lot of thank yous. But our guess is you'll end up feeling a lot of gratitude for yourself. That's amazing. And I think what you just said now about the thank you is hugely important. Oh, yeah. uh, when I work on projects in in corporate space, yeah. I make a point of after the project is over to personally thank any person that had assisted me on that project. Because I think it's oh, so wow. vitally important. People in business don't do it often enough. Yeah. Um, from from clients to suppliers, it's important to acknowledge someone's existence and the work that they've done. I think, and when it comes to to doing good in the world as well, that that comes naturally is that people do give that back. Hold up, are you the type of person to send thank you notes? I've never sent a thank you note. Uh, I've never sent a thank you note, but I do make a point of either m- maybe. Welcome to 2014. I might send thank you emails. I might be just, hey, ah. see ya. Thanks for an amazing show. You're an incredible person. Doesn't that feel good? I've, there's a chain that's never ending with Cause that. Because then mean, you go, oh, you're welcome, but thank you. Yes. And then it just, it's like a, it's like playing a ping pong game. And now email, it's the worst. I literally got an email this morning and it was a thank you note for my thank you note. And I left it as unread because I was like, what am I going to say now? I feel kind of mean if you stop that chain. <laughs> But how do you like stop the chain by lying and and saying that you haven't received the mail? Yeah. Ooh, you just gave me a good excuse now. Because it's going to be a thank you, but thank you, but thank you. And it's going to go on for a while, which is annoying. But, you know, it's it's all for the good. So let's go back to this little thing that you might have, you know, forgotten to mention, which I think is hella huge and hella cool. So Brent was named, you know, some of the press's people. Brent Lindeke was named as one of the 200. What's what's the specifics by the, Mail and Guardian? Yeah, it's the top top young top 200 young South Africans. I'm one of the top. Yeah, that's that's the title. Can, that can we just Brent Lindeke, ladies and gentlemen? Look, it was it that's was massive. It, it's it's a huge honor. Oh yeah. And it's exciting to see. I, I didn't know what it was all about, and I didn't quite understand it. So what happens? Do you receive it in a scroll? You have a jester by, by owl. Yeah, owl comes and delivers it. No, got a phone call. They let me know that uh, this was going down. I then received emails to say that the event would be happening last week, Friday. Uh, they invited uh, all of the top 200 young South Africans to sit in a room. I thought that it was, I thought it would have been like a function where they go, congratulations, uh, well done on making. But no, it was a, it was a social change uh, conference, and basically. It's it's quite clever. They want to they want to enhance and use the top 200 young South Africans to create change and to to be the voice of change. So we sat. I was Ooh. I was brain dead. I was mush by the time we were done. But the whole of Friday morning was spent basically focusing on the troubles that South Africa has, uh, whether it's uh, gender equality, um, jobs, yeah. uh, racism. Um, illegal people working in South Africa. There were there were a whole bunch of different points that we brought up. The panel were phenomenal. Uh, the CEO of Mnet was the one person that was there. She is incredible. Um, Your Lisa? Uh, she's coming onto our show. 
Oh, yeah, let's speak it into existence because now you're all rubbing shoulders <laughs> with the right people. Brian. I chatted to her during the tea break and I said I would love for her to, to come and join us and speak about social change in South Africa. Yeah. And she said she was super keen to. Um, but yeah, so we, we focused on social change and how we can try and make the world a better place. And as cheesy as that sounds, we're going to be trying to do it and to join forces Every couple of weeks and just sit and create change. I love that though. I love that it's not just a stereotypical, cause you know, we would expect, they invite all of you, clap hands, you have great tea and that's that, you know, but it's more you encourage and inspire each other within the room. It I, was, it was. And, and one of the things that, um, Yulisa said is it seems that the, the list keeps getting younger. Every year, because oh. it's, it's anybody that's under 35. Okay. But every year, there's just these, it's almost like in, in the pop world, when Justin Bieber rocks up at 10 years old, and all of a sudden everybody goes, what? We're listening to it's a 10 year old. It's literally like a game changer. It's a almost. game changer. Yeah. There, there was a kid there who's 11 years old, who is, and earlier on you were saying, what is society doing? This 11 year old is going across uh, South Africa to all different schools and just talking about rhino poaching and how to stop it. As an eleven-year-old, um, it's, it's change makers, and I, I think it's it it is it's a great honor to be a part of that group, and I hope that we can create change. I hope that we can make really cool stuff happen in yeah. South Africa. That's amazing, and I love that they also divided the two hundred young South Africans to different spheres to almost get everybody in. So sports, science and education, politics and government, media, health, environment, civil society, business and law, arts and culture. That's so great. It's super cool. So do you have like your own spread in Mail and Guardian? I did. It was, it was, it was, it was well, look at you. It, it was very weird. Uh, but it, again, I was just humbled and it's, uh, it's an honor to be a part of that. Yeah. Any other fellow nominees that you met and you were inspired by? Aisha from Google. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. And, uh, she works for Google. She works for Google. For a second, she, I was like, you were hinting that I should Google who she is because you may, forgot her. Maybe just, maybe just Google her name. No, Aisha. No, yeah. her name is Asha. Uh, I'm going to pronounce her surname totally wrong and she's going to hate me for it's it. It's the thought that counts. Runshod. Okay. Uh, she works for Google. Huge change maker in the IT industry. Does she, Google have offices in South Africa? They do. They're, they have offices in South Africa. Oh. She is really a phenomenal person. Uh, David Potter, who is a ward counselor for the DA in the northern suburbs, yeah. who is literally available on WhatsApp and tweeting. So if you wake up in the morning and you don't have power, you get hold of David and he sorts it out. So he's one-on-one. With one-on-one. His... He's, and, and again, he's 29 years old. He's this guy who's just completely creating change. And then someone who has been following me for a while on Twitter and her and I have have tweeted each other and continuously been involved on Twitter. Yeah. Uh, she calls herself at Change Agent SA. Her name's Catherine, and she's incredible. Um, I met her, and and actually the four of us are going to be having coffee together separately. It's like the Fantastic Four. Or, or, yeah, wait, <laughs> I'm trying to like get that. It's like an alliance on Survivor. Now you're going to have coffee behind each other's backs and you meet and then you game change and then you, okay. Yeah, we, we've decided that, um, the four of us, uh, we've got something in common that we all sort of live in the area and we want to do things together to create change in South Africa. So Aisha, Brent, change agent SA, SA and David. And David. Yeah, that's us. Oh my goodness. It's ABCD. Did no. you did you just, you just did that? Aisha, Brent, Catherine, and David. It's ABCD. Thank you. Can yeah, I just so... get my rights for copyright for just coming up with that? You guys can call yourself the 
fantastic alphabet or something. Fantastic <laughs> alphabet. <laughs> now just follow the rest of the alphabet. Like find Eleanor and Fred and Greg and Harry. <laughs> you are talented. Inca, Janet. The list goes on and on. So well, the list goes on till 26, really. Okay, true. Fine. So, <laughs> but I'm so proud of you, Brent. Thank you. Huge Thank congratulations. You. Super cool. Super. And right. all your work is not in vain, hey. I I try for it not to be. Were there great cupcakes there? Uh, I didn't eat any of that food. I'm trying the whole Tim, I'm trying the whole Tim Noakes thing. Oh, uh, here we go. All right. <laughs> Let's pause on that. It's hashtag hands across SA with Brent and I. If you want to call in, be like Michael earlier on, 0861 or send message to screen on WeChat. Um, our official account is Cliff Central. Or else, of course, then it's the hashtag hands across SA or at cliffcentral.com on Twitter. Let's go to a, a nice song. I know you like a song with a beat. I love, I love a good beat. That's the prerequisite for something to get you up and dancing. So this is Icona Pop with All Night. Central.com. 
Ooh, now we're getting official announcer voice on this. It's cliffcentral.com, Brent and I here with hashtag hands across SA. And now we're joined by our guest of note, hey? We've got Tanya in the studio. But before we introduce Tanya, I have to bring up, that's the second song that you've played that has got nothing to do with Tigers. We're still not, as much as I love a beat. Um, it says we can do this all night. Tiger. And, yeah. <laughs> So, so you can I, be a tiger all night. Oh, 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 wait, wait, I wasn't ready for that one. <laughs> I feel like it was a little innuendo and I really didn't mean it, but okay, I'll just sit up. I'll just shut up in the corner now. Just, just sit back. Yeah, let's not talk about what happened there. So our guest, Tanya, Tanya, your story fascinates me like no other. And we brought you in here today because I feel we could extend the analogy as a whole of what it means to dedicating your life to service. So let's start off. Just tell us more about yourself. Hi. Um, yes, good morning. <laughs> this is not an AA meeting. No. <laughs> My name's Tanya. Hi, Tanya. There we go. <laughs> yeah. So yes. you grew up, were you ever impacted by animals? Did you grow up loving animals? Yes. Did you know distinctly that this is what you wanted to do? Yes, I've always wanted to work with animals. Yeah. Um, I started volunteering at a rescue center for about four years. Uh-huh. Um, and then things went a bit pear-shaped with the rescue center, and they needed somebody to um, manage the place. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna stop right there and back you up. Oh, before you even started at at volunteering for rescue centers, uh, you've always been involved in animals. I mean, you you went on holiday down to Plettenberg <laughs> Bay, and while you were on holiday over Christmas, you had you were feeding what, what was it guinea fowl. <laughs> Yeah, guinea fowl, a tortoise, and then we found a dog as well. And you had a you had a pigeon in the garage. Oh yes, and a pigeon in the garage. So this was you <laughs> just casually on holiday. Christmas with, holidays. Yeah, which happens to also incorporate animals. Yes. All in a day's work. So casually, so. <laughs> what has drawn you to animals all these years? Um, I've always had animals. Um, my family's been a great animal lovers, and um, yeah, everywhere I go, I've always they've always been. A Attracted to me, so animals everywhere <laughs> go, find them and try and save them, or you know make their life better. Well, yeah. What's the strangest animal that you've ever looked after? Oh my gosh, the strangest animal. Um, I've had I've had ducks, chickens. Oh. Um, I had a chicken as a pet. So you had a chicken, even though Brent couldn't have chickens. Yes, Brent. Yeah, it's a have little sore spot for him. Oh, we had to get him to a farm because he started uh, making too much noise in the mornings. Oh, that's so that's true. Chickens really do make a lot of noise. Yes, but he was a rooster. Yeah, <laughs> Brent, it wasn't like a personal vendetta against you. It's fine. All I want is a chicken. <laughs> All I want. So, what was the switch? Um, you had a ninety-five, right? Yes. And then, what was that switch for you to say? You know what? I love animals. And then you now switch to, I love animals enough to be selfless. Because I think that's a very fine line of, yeah, I don't mind helping, but oopsie, if now I have to get out of my way to help, that's how the average person feels. So what was that decision for you to finally just, okay, I can do it? Well, I was working a corporate job and um, I was doing more animals than my job that I was being paid for. Yeah. Um, And I did, I I was asked to come to the to my boss's office quite a few times um, and he told me to, that I was doing too much with animals so I decided 
Wait, your boss says, sorry, you're doing too much with animals. Yes. <laughs> your, your Not enough work. Did so, you like bring stray ducklings into no. the office? Okay, so it wasn't that far. <laughs> he could see with my emails and that. Um, and also I went to go and do a few things. I hope he's not listening. <laughs> on company time, <laughs> Nochal. You know, it's, it's all about that. Uh, it's, so, like, it's so long ago. I yes. don't even think it matters anymore. <laughs> Sorry, Mr. Junior. <laughs> and it's still Mr. So it's like, did you like sneak off? What were you sneaking off and doing? I was a sales rep, so I could um, kind of go where I wanted to. Oh, you were always out in the field. <laughs> yes. Little do they know. Yes. What... The- <laughs> Did, didn't you have, um, I mean, you were telling me about feral cats yes, in, inside all the shopping centers. and. Yeah, I was feeding uh, feral cats. Um, there was 20 of them when I started, 10 kittens and then 10 uh, adults. So we got all the kittens homes and sterilized the adults and then fed them. I've been feeding them for three years now. And this is just you. You weren't, n- nobody told you to do so. No. You weren't joined by anybody. There wasn't any sort of monetary value to it. How does how does that feel and what was that switch that made you want to help? Well, I was doing a lot for animals and um, somebody gave me an opportunity to work with animals 24-7 and that's always been something that I wanted to do forever and ever. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was my dream. It's my passion. I feel strongly about them. Um, at the moment, we have 360 dogs and I know all their names. I know all the 360 dogs. 360 dogs. Yes. And they become part of your family. Wow. Hey. Do you, and, and <laughs> I, I, yay. Again, I'm going to just back up a little bit. So yeah. you have 360 dogs at the Irwin's Animal well, Rescue Center. Animal Rescue Center. And it's a no-kill shelter. Yes. So you're pro-animal life. Yes. If, if someone had an animal that they wanted to put down, you, they could bring it to you and you yeah. would look after that animal, find it a home. The, the ultimate, what is the ultimate goal? To find the animals' homes? Yes. At the moment, we have 360, which is our max. So we're trying to find more dogs' homes before we take in more. Um, the best is to get our numbers down so we have more time for the animals that we've got because they get to go out and walk and run and play instead of just staying in the enclosure all the time. Um, so, yeah, that's why we need to ha- be more hands-on so we d- can't have too many because the centre used to have 1,400 dogs. Um, and then it got into trouble. That was before we took over. Yeah. So let's talk about the Irwin Animal Rescue Centre as a whole. How many animals do you guys have? So 360 dogs. Yes. Genada, <laughs> brings out the worried Afrikaner in me. How, how many dogs do you have, Sia? I have one at the moment. The mm-hmm. most I've ever had was three. And three was a lot. Three's, he, three's busy. Here's the thing. When you do treat them like family and they're in the house and they're running all about and then they get on your nerves and then you try to treat them like the sister and go sit, <laughs> it's a lot. <laughs> so I cannot imagine 360. Yes. So 360 dogs, is that what other um, animals do you have? Um, and six cats. That's it. Wow. Yeah. Did you, did you used to have more cats? Yes, we yes. had 148. 148 cats. Yes. Excuse me now. Sorry. <laughs> All at once. And how how many people are on your team that help? Um, we have 13 staff at the moment and then myself. Um, and then we have somebody starting the 1st of August, which is Amy. So kudos on you, Amy. Yes. They definitely kudos need the help. But also, just in South Africa in general, how is it like cruelty-wise for an animal? Animals are treated terribly. Um, they have no rights. People get away with everything. 
especially the backyard breeding. You know, if we wouldn't have so many unwanted animals if people just sterilized the animals and stopped breeding. Even trying, if you're looking for a specific breed, try and look into going to the rescue centers, trying to find out if there isn't anyone that's looking for a home for one of those breeds that you're looking for, instead of going straight to a breeder. Well, you are so very connected inside the animal world. So um, there's the like pug rescue and yes. there's specific breeder Yes. That they organizations. Go for organizations that go for the breeds. So if you were looking for something specific, they could contact you or yes. another shelter. And you guys are very connected. Yeah, we all work together. So if somebody's looking for a specific breed, we'll send out to the network and they will either find one in the SPCA that is, that is close to be putting down um, or into a, a proper rescue center. That's incredible. Yeah. That's really cool. Wow. All for the animals. Yeah. So right now we also have Heather on the line. She's from the Animal Anti-Cruelty League. She's the manager of the Johannesburg uh, branch of the AACL. And the Animal Anti-Cruelty League has basically been protecting and caring for animals since 1956. So she also knows a lot about, you know, the state of animals and their rights in this country. Good morning, Heather. How are you? Good morning. Uh, I'm very well, thank you, and thanks for having us on the program. Thank today. you for coming on tonight. <laughs> tonight. So right. let's work on the correct time zone. So <laughs> let's talk in general. Animals in South Africa. How are South Africans with their animals? Do we care? Do we love? Do we nurture? Or are we just generally abusive? No, I, I would say that um, in general, I think that um, people really do care about their animals and that's becoming more and more evident. However, there is also the um, a sector of the population who um, are, it, it, ignorance plays a, um, quite a vital role in mm. that um, what is perceived as cruelty is not always known. And I think that that is why education is key to, in fact, um, teaching, especially the youth, um, you know, about the importance of uh, pet care responsibility and showing um, kindness to animals across the board. Yeah. So, so that is why we channel a lot of effort into our educational program and, um, you know, to, to let people know what is cruel and what is not. And so what are the common cases that you, as the Animal Anti-Cruelty League, come across? You know, um, there, there are many different forms of cruelty. Um, one of the things that has become more and more prevalent in um, the depressed economy that we find ourselves in is that, for example, um, people may abscond in the middle of the night and not take their animals with them. And those animals, in fact, could be there for days before somebody, some member of the public, reported it to us. Oh, wow. So it's, it's yeah, you know, that sort of thing um, is definitely, as I say, becoming more prevalent. And so where does the um, Animal Anti-Cruelty League come in? When we do hear of a case of an animal being mistreated, what power do you have and how, what can you do to stop um, cruelty? Well, our inspectors are authorized by magistrates to enforce the law and to prosecute uh, cruelty cases within municipal districts. Um, however, we have always, as an organization, preferred um, education over uh, prosecution. 
It's about being proactive is where it comes in. Yes, it's being proactive. And, it's, it's, you know, also, I mean, as I say, when, when, when ignorance is, is, is involved, I mean, all you, you need to do is really tell a person, well, you know, that is perceived to be cruel. Yeah. And, and this is the way to do it or whatever. And so what sort of education do you go out there and promote? Well, we actually have a program that um, probably sees in excess of 40,000 children um, per annum. We have a dedicated uh, education officer. And, um, yeah, so his program literally um, reaches um, young children in the classrooms. And, you know, you find that when children are in high school, they've probably been past the the age of um, influence. So Ooh, it's, yeah. it's better to, to teach them when they're younger. Ooh, that is true. And so, you know, I am a strong ambassador and advocate everything that you guys are doing. It's incredible work. But how can people get involved and how is it financially uh, going well? And can people donate? What what can we do to help? Well, actually, um, yes, uh, that, that's a vital part um, of, of who we are in that we are a registered non-profit organization. However, we are wholly reliant on the support and the generosity of the animal-loving public. So um, if you do want to get involved, I would encourage people to visit our website um, and see the different ways that you can support us financially or with your time. I mean, we have um, volunteer programs for children and for adults, and... um, you know, they come here, they socialize with the puppies, they interact. Um, they're also given skills around animals, and you know, so, so which makes them a more uh, responsible pet owner at the end of the day. So, yes, we welcome volunteers, and, um, you know, it, it, uh, we even have people who have come here and who have helped us create gardens, et cetera, et cetera, yeah. um, you know, just to to make the, the shelter more sort of beautified, if you could put Ooh. it that way. So, you know, um, we were very proud of our facilities. Um, we think they're pretty well run. And um, so we, we, we like to see members of the public, you know, come around and, and have a look at the animals and, and, yeah, just interact. And I absolutely love as well that there are different Facebook pages for the Animal Anti-Cruelty League in your city. So there's AACL Cape Town, Johannesburg, Durban, Pete's Marisburg, Port Elizabeth, Lady Smith, and also is it Bredersdorp? Bredersdorp, yes. Bredersdorp, yes, farming community. Mm. So people can get involved in their own cities wherever and however. So I absolutely yes. love that. They absolutely can, uh, yeah. So thank you so much, Heather. I love the work that you're doing and our full support whenever and however. You know, just give us a ring and we can help out. We'll be there. Yes. Thank you very, very much, Sia. Continue doing amazing work and enjoy the rest of your day, hey? Thank you. All righty. Bye-bye. Bye-bye now. Bye. That's fantastic. This is what I like about the animal community, and everybody is getting involved for the same cause. Mm -hmm. So you have all these different organizations, and everybody, most of them, if we speak about the no-kill shelters, they're all there, and they're looking to, to look after animals, to take them out of bad situations, and assist them. You, Tanya, at your shelter, you guys also need volunteers. Do you do? Yes, do you all use the time. Volu- What do the volunteers do? What can they get involved with? Well, they can come through. And they can either clean out kennels if they feel they want to get dirty. Get down um, and dirty. Mm, okay. Or, or they can just take some dogs out for some walks. We've got uh, 
like I said, 360, so we can't always take them out. Um, at the center, each dog goes out once a month. Yeah. So it would actually be better if we had people come through and um, take them out for walks. If you don't feel like walking, you can either just sit with the ones that are a bit timid, um, read a book, or you can brush them. You can give out treats. And um, we do have like monthly functions uh, where you can come through and also walk the dogs, spend some money on food and um, merchandise. That's great. I think that's really awesome for people that might not be able to have dogs. Yeah. And and you can't have your own animals because you live in an apartment or in a place. Can you? You don't have any chickens, do you? Yeah. <laughs> I knew it was gonna lead to that. No, I wish we did. I would totally walk your chickens. I did. I did save a chicken the other day, though. <laughs> <laughs> Wait. Okay. So this is what I want to know. You, Irwin Animal Rescue Center, is a no-kill shelter. Yes. And so. Please educate us in this fact. Those ordinary shelters, bless their souls as well. Yes. But what happens to the animals after a certain amount of time? How long do they keep the animals? Well, like the SPCA is a kill shelter. So they would um, keep the dogs for an X amount of time. It's normally if it comes in as a stray, it's kept for seven days and then it goes on the adoption list for another seven days. Okay. Um I mean, we do have so many animals coming in, and I can imagine an SPCA is only allowed a certain amount of animals yeah. um, until they have to be put down. So, yeah, I mean, we have animals there that's been there for more than 10 years, still waiting for their home. Wow. Yeah. So for an average animal that's found astray, they have a good two weeks, and then they'll be put down. Yes, if they're not busy, they won't They won't put them down. They'll give them the time. Wow. Do do. <laughs> With strays, when when shelters find strays, are they do they come from good homes? Is it ever a story of where an animal has somehow got out the gate, ran down the road, gone missing, and, and a shelter has picked them up? Is that yes. a, is that a reality or a myth? Yes, no, it happens all the time. Um, that's why you need to get your dog microchipped. So that they've got the microchip, so that they do get found. Literally, they only have a two week space, and your dog yeah. might be put down. Okay, let's go through that. What does Microchip, being microchip mean? How can you get it done? Where do you get it done? You go to your vet. They'll microchip your dog for you. Um, there's a whole lot of different um, organizations that do it. Um, you just uh, send through your microchip number and yeah. all your details, and that company will keep it. So when the dog gets lost, the people just need to take it to the vet. They scan it, and then all the details will go up on that, on that number. Okay. So it's, like, it's like wearing a dog collar on the inside. Yes. And it it doesn't really hurt them when they when they put it in. It's quite a thick needle, but it doesn't. So it's 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 just a needle that they get. Yes, with the chip inside that goes under the skin. And so, what's the price for being microchipped? Um, I have a friend that's doing it for one fifty at the moment. Okay. Um, Trixie for animals. Yeah. Um, but you can if you go to the vet, it's normally about two hundred rand. I think it's hugely important. Oh if yeah. You, if you got your animals and you're looking after them, get them chipped. So if they ever do. Run away. You never they, know. You, you, I mean, with a window of two weeks, there is no time. That's that's incredibly scary. What are some of the worst cases that you've come across, Tanya? Um, somebody brought in a dog that was used for bait. Um, with a dog, dog that was used for bait. Yeah, in dog fighting, he was um just chucked next to the road. Uh, he looked dead, but the lady stopped just to make sure, and she found that he was still alive. Yeah. So she brought him through to us. It was on a Sunday of, uh, afternoon. And we had to rush him to an emergency vet, which obviously charged us more. But, um, yeah. Is that prevalent, dog fighting in South Africa? Yes, it's quite big. How does that, 
what's the purpose? Is it just to put two? It's I think dogs? it's ga- I think it's gambling. gambling it's like yeah. it it would be I I don't know. I could I could never see it or or be part of it because I don't believe in that and I'm I'm pro animals. So I wouldn't. Yeah. But I guess it's a it's a gambling thing and you would get involved because you would back your money against a dog that you believe would win. And and Tanya, I mean, you could tell us. Do you, sounds so terrible. Do they fight to the death? Is yes. That, no, they will fight to the death. Even if if it does does finish and the one's injured, they'll either just leave it there or they'll shoot it. it does there's they've actually found a lot of dogs that have been in bad fights that's just been left to die. No. And uh, and what areas does that happen in? In it's Johannesburg. It's all over. All over. You can find it all over. This is unbelievable to me. That's the only adjective I can use to describe this. Absolutely unbelievable that this is going on in society. So earlier on in the show, um, when you weren't here, we were talking about the fact, like, what can people do to get involved? Mm-hmm. And this is the prime example. You and you and I know nothing about dogfighting. Yeah. We don't even know that it exists in South Africa. I just saw it in a movie and I thought, that was that. It's yeah. It's real and we're making that conversation real. Like, yeah. That's... No, it's very It's big. very scary. It's very big. So this is the ultimate conversation I want to have with you, Tanya, that will I know will go out into our listeners and be able to inspire them. For you to go out there and be selfless. What other organizations or animal um ideas have you been involved in to go out there and save animals? Um I've been doing um a lot of a lot of things with Peter. Okay, so let's talk about that because I kind of get on a woman very, very excited. So as you heard earlier in the show, um, hearing about people for the ethical treatments of animals just from like the naked photo shoots. They love nakedness. You know what? <laughs> I think I'll just start gymming just to be on one of their billboards. Can you see it? Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> see for Peter. I'll say, I'll, you, you might have missed the, the beginning of the show because you were on your way here driving. But Sia uh, is a vegetarian and he chose to be a vegetarian because yeah. of his beliefs in animals. and well, he, he believes in animal rights, yes? A good six years now. Six years, vegetarian. Yeah. Congratulations. Tanya is the same. So she's she's done ah, the same thing. Fellow VG. Well, there's a high five going on there. there and, go. um, and Tanya also has done work for Peter. And this is, this is something that you touched on with people getting naked. Yes. We want to know, have you, cause you, you got a banging body. I am not going to judge you here. Okay. Tanya. We don't, we don't judge her. Because we've had, um, Pamela Anderson once just had like three pieces of lettuce covering certain <laughs> places on her body. And the caption was, let vegetarianism grow on you. And I was like, oh. Perfect. So that have works. you ever gone like that far? Or? Yes. Um, well, Whoa! <laughs> it's a girl! So, okay. Let, you know what? Let's not scandalize it, okay? Let's what? be sensible. I I think it is amazing. What happened? Give us um, give us the, gory, the, the juicy details. Well, yeah. let's say it wasn't letters. It was two stickers and a bit of material. <laughs> <laughs> Where was this? Was this for photo shoots or out in no, public? No, it was for the Soccer World Cup. Okay, um, so in 2010. Yes, we yeah. were all painted in different countries, and I was uh, Miss Brazil, so I was green. Ay, 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 señorita. <laughs> Mamacita. <laughs> but we got, we had so many photographers there, you have no idea, and it's all because they they thought everybody was going to be naked. Where did you do this? Um, it was in Santon. Okay. And so how did you get along with all these people? Is it, of course, like in... Yes, everybody... I mean, uh, there's a lady in uh, Santon that does um, Peter and okay. Fur Free. 
and she got all her database and asked everybody if they would come and uh, get painted. I cannot even naked. imagine how you word that email. Good day, all. We would you want would to you like stand to get for, naked? Yeah. <laughs> In the middle of Sands and Nuchal. In okay. the middle of winter. <laughs> oh, that makes it even better. Oh, doesn't it just? So, so did you not even hesitate? It was one of those things. No, definitely not. Okay, so what was the premise? Were you going to just run? You were literally just painted. And yes. then? Um, then we had to pose with the different um, uh, like boards, you know, saying no to, to fur and I'd rather go naked than mm. wear fur and mm. freeze. Freeze. <laughs> I'd rather freeze than wear fur. So wait, let's talk about the premise of it. What exactly? Why? What is the relevance of the World Cup? Was there anything? Well, there was a lot of photographers here from different countries, so they thought it would ah, make a stand. capitalizing on that. Yes. Okay. And so you know, I've heard, I've seen some of the protests where there's like police action, and then they spraying people down with water. Did it get that extreme no, for you? You have to get. You have to make sure there's police before, and you have to ask for permission. So they would make sure that the traffic is 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 sorted. Was there traffic that saw you? Oh yes, oh yes. (laughs) (laughs) Did you have to stipulate to the police? Hi, um, Mr. Policeman. We're gonna get naked. I'll be running through Santa naked. (laughs) Did you have to? Yes. No, you have to. Make sure that they know everything that's going to happen. So it doesn't count as what is a public indecency? Public no. indecency. Well, she had two stickers and a piece, and a of, piece mater- of material. <laughs> ah, okay. So that just ups the ante of being absolutely classy. Would you ever do it again? Yes, definitely. Now I've done a few for um, Namibia, uh, the seals. Yeah. No, for the What's fur? going on in Namibia? <laughs> Namibia. There you Namibia. Go. Because we hear about um, my geography is bad. Is it? Yes, it is Alaska and the seal clubbing there. Yes. Is it as extreme in Namibia yes. as well? Yeah, because they would um, just club the seals and then start taking the fur off. So, and it's also normally the babies, the cubs that are still suckling on the moms. Because they they would they be the weakest. Swim. They wouldn't yeah. get away. Yeah, they can't swim. So as sad as that is, Namibia is incredibly beautiful. It is really, really beautiful. I went to Namibia like two years ago. Yeah. And we stayed in a place called Swakopmund. Um, and in that, it's I just want to say that at least three more times today. Swakopmund. Swakopmund. Sorry, that one. It's like a little German town. It's it's yeah, quite crazy. Uh-huh. And if you stand, if you sort of look at the sea on the left, there's a desert on the right. It's really incredible. It's really beautiful. And we went on uh, like a day tour around the bay where we saw dolphins. Uh, pelicans came onto the boat. And I had photos taken with pelicans right by my head because they're just they're quite tame. Yeah. It was really crazy. Yeah. And then when we went to the seal colonies, seals jumped up on the boat. And what what I thought was really, really awesome is the trainers weren't feeding them or weren't it, – it wasn't induced like in Cape Town where that guy sits and feeds the seal so he can do tricks. The seal jumped on the boat – and it was literally like a dog. It was wagging its little tail. It came to say hi to everybody. We were all quite freaked out because it was huge. And then it jumped off and went back to its colony. Um, so as as much as there's so much bad bad going on, the fight to to save them, yeah, it's incredible because you have to. Yes. What is the reason for the clubbing? Well, there's only one. I'm not too sure about the person that's um, buying this, the the uh, fur, but there's one person buying the fur that um, they obviously have. The, a part of the season where people come through, the tourists come through to see the seals. Mm-hmm. Um, and then another part of the season, they close everything off, and that's when they do the clubbing. And it's, it's just for fur? Just for fur. Is, are there any, is there any legislation in place? Are there any rights that the animals have? How can we fight this? Um, 
there is a you can go on to Google um to Namibia seals um and Peter they're also trying to trying to stop it as well yeah so trying to let people see what what's happening and in South Africa what are the sort of uh, causes that we're fighting with regards to animal rights well animal rights is the dog fighting um there's a lot of well you've got we've got the rhino one that we were talking yeah. about earlier on this right and I mean there's this there's, there's there's plenty of organizations. Is there is there one that sort of looks over all of them, one that you could get involved in? No, it's all separate. Yeah, if you if you want to go through, just pick what you want to do. I mean, especially with the rhinos, there's also you can go through. um, My aunt also does it. She goes and she looks after the rhinos, like they would clean out the places where the rhinos sleep. Oh wow! um, That type of thing help with darting, but it takes you a while to get into it um, for them to trust you. First. Oh, oh hell yes. I don't trust. Uh, no, sorry, I don't trust myself. No. We we <laughs> we had a caller earlier on that asked about uh, funding, and his, his statement was, "If I give my money to an organisation, how do I know that that organisation is going to give it back to animals? Because because some organisations are quite small, and they might pocket that and and jump on the trade like." Two years ago, when everybody could buy the rhino horns to stick on the front of your car, how do we know that that money is going where it's supposed to be going? Is there is there some sort of organisation that oversees the charities? Not at all. No, with with the Irwins, I mean, our bank account is transparent. You can come and have a look. We'll show you where your money's gone, um, what we've done with it. We'll even give you receipts to say that this is what we've spent your money on. Oh, wow. So um, transparency is key. It's yes. to show people that you, I take your money, but it's going here. Yes. I mean, we were donated 67,000 rand for Mandela Day. Wow. That's um, incredible. Yes. It was amazing. By Man 3000. Um, and what we did with it was we put it in our VET account, which was standing at 143,000 at the moment in debt. Um, so, yeah, they know exactly that the money has gone straight to our VET account and helped us a lot. That's phenomenal. And what I love with Erin's as well is I noticed when you want to donate, you give them your detail, et cetera, et cetera. And some of your details, the most important thing is your cell phone number, just because they want to call you and thank you once your donation has come through. I think that's the sweetest thing ever. Yeah, no, we want to make sure that everybody knows that we really appreciate the amount of money that they give us. May it be 10,000 or may it be 10 rand. Yeah. Um, We use it for the animals. So may I just casually ask something? Um, when will Peter call you up again just to get naked? Because that <laughs> we want to be there. That is appealing to me. I, oh. I want to just streak around naked and not have a you know, criminal record against me for doing it. Well, when they do, I'll make sure that I come and get you. Do you think it is possible, and by the way, you know, this is all for helping out animals and not just a vain thing. Is it possible to get Sia naked on a billboard somewhere in Sanson? Just imagine it's just this massive billboard <laughs> with like Sia's bottom there. Just like something <laughs> like, kiss my dude <laughs> for going against animals. You see, I'm even, I'm yes. even bringing on my own creative ideas. Fantastic. No, I will, um, I'll send some emails and, uh, yes, <laughs> let you talk to your people just so that we can, can get me in Zanza. <laughs> this is fantastic. It's hashtag hands across essay right here on cliffcentral.com with Brent and I. If you do want to get in contact with us, do not hesitate. 0861 or send us a message on our official account on WeChat. Otherwise, it's simply Hashtag hands across SA on Twitter. Lately I've been I've been losing sleep. 
unreal, uncensored, unradio. Cliffcentral.com. That is One Republic with Counting Stars. That that song got me in the mood, hey? It is. It's inspirational. I love this. You know, being in studio with you is quite inspirational. We've got a really cool guest today who's all about doing the good stuff for animals. We've got good people calling in. I'm I'm having a good Tuesday. And since, by the way, we have Brent Lindekue here, who's one of Mail and Guardian's 200 young South Africans, he was teaching us how to sit properly. <laughs> we were so, just yeah, joking. and I have my back straight, and I've arched my shoulders backwards, and you know we also talk about great things. It is great things. I think we're slowly becoming better humans within these two hours, Brent. What it, say you? Uh, we're much better humans, and I hope that we can have a rippling effect into all our listeners. Oh yeah. So now on the line we have. I don't even know how to begin to describe how awesome this woman is. She's like my childhood, basically. She not only was she on top billing between 1991 and 1998, she epitomized my childhood with the show Bush Radar. Do any of you remember that? Ah, yes, people. yes, 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 of course I do. <laughs> I, I, was, I was the kid at home on SABC2, and it was like, Bush Radar. And that's why Sia doesn't sing, hey? <laughs> but she did everything from Spirit of Africa to Strictly Come Dancing, no reservations. And now I would love to just have dinner at her home because she's married to the DIY guru himself, Rian Fenter. It's Michelle Garfield Fenter. Good morning, Michelle. Good morning, Sia. And it's so wonderful to hear you guys singing the Bush Radar song. I have to tell you, you've made my heart leap with joy. Thank you for having me. Oh, yeah. I'm telling you, you're like my childhood epitomized, basically. That's what you are. But Michelle, I love your enthusiasm and your passion for animals and wildlife. It's I don't even know how to begin to um, encapsulate it all together. What first was that little seed that sparked your love with animals? Oh, I think it is stemmed from how we are as people. I believe firmly that each and every one of us, everybody sitting in the studio, everybody listening to us today has a caring spirit and light inside of them. And it's that caring spirit and light that allows all of us to feel the joy of connecting with little creatures and looking after them and feeling responsible for them. It's something that each and every one of us have deep inside of us. I love that. Yeah. So were you that little kid who brought in the little duckling or the bird that fell from the nest? Or were you that type of kid? <laughs> You're so spot on. That's exactly what I was. I was the one going to my mum, oh, look at this little ho-ho mommy. And she'd be like, oh, no, take it away. It's awful. And I'd be like, no, no, it really isn't. Look how pretty the colors are, mommy. Look at its legs. Oh, wow. <laughs> so was, so it yes. a, was it a no-brainer for you to dedicate your whole life to animals? An absolute no-brainer, and 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 I love also the fact that you talk about an energy, because that's really what we need is to inspire others into a very different industry. And and when you look at it from the outside, you think, oh gosh, well, how exciting could it possibly be, you know, to look after little critters every single day? Yeah. Well. You know, there's something for everybody because you could do something sexy and adventurous, like become a helicopter pilot who's involved with the darting of game and the relocation of big animals. So, mm. I mean, you know, there's all that sex appeal with a guy riding, a, you know, flying a helicopter and looking really dashing and, you know, dark green and things like that. I mean, there's something for everybody. So you really can fulfill your entire ego and, and spectrum of self within the animal kingdom. Oh, definitely. So we know your history and everything, all the awesome stuff that you've been doing. What's Michelle doing these days with animals? 
Oh my gosh, I'm very involved with the penguins. Um, I'm now living at the coast, so um, my eyes are really open to what's happening beneath our water and, and, and beneath that apparent very scary environment. Everybody's nervous about water, and I think that's a good thing. But our penguins are having a tough time. So I'm spending a lot of time dealing with the cleaning up of penguins. Um, there's, a, there's a gross misperception out there. People think that there's only oil in the ocean when there's a huge big tanker spill and yeah. it's a huge catastrophe. Well, the truth is, is that a tiny bit of oil, if it's a 50 cent size bit of oil, gets onto the penguin. And it immediately takes away his ability to be waterproof. So now he can't survive in the ice cold water and he can't go diving for his fish. So he produces his knife, he comes out the water, he can't eat, so he dies, he starves to death. So we spend a lot of time just generally cleaning penguins and then and then putting them back into the ocean for hopefully a longer period so that they can breed and we can up their numbers. As well as oil, is is litter a problem? Litter is a huge problem. Uh, you know, I always talk about the plastic bags, the common plastic bag that we're always buying at the various grocery stores. I call it the serial killer of the bush, the serial oh. killer of the natural world. And the reason is that it's a very simple reason. We all know that plastic doesn't break down and degrade into dust. They say it takes 100 years. They say it takes 80 years. But really, none of us know that exact figure. The simple semantic on a plastic bag is that it, it, it flies out of the rubbish bin or out of your car window for that matter, yeah. and it loses its color. You know, generally it's white or it's got a bit of red or yellow on it. It loses that color and it ends up in the ocean as a clear plastic color. And this looks like a great jellyfish to eat. So your dolphins, your seals, your various fish species eat it and it goes down into the stomach system it gums up their digestive system and of course the animal dies the body decomposes but guess what doesn't decompose the plastic oh, yeah. so that plastic is now freed up to go and kill again so hence we call it the the, the serial killer of the bush michelle what can the average south african and everyone listening really around the world do to educate themselves because i think that's the very first thing to do you know with Without education, you're basically ignorant and almost oblivious to what's happening out there with animals. Absolutely, Sia. Spot on. And, you know, added to that sentence is that not everybody can afford to go to lovely places like the Kruger National Park yeah. and have this one-on-one -on -one encounter with, you know, awesome-sized whales and elephants. Well, where do we begin? We've got to begin with what is right outside our back doorstep. And whether you're living in a township or you're living in Bryanston, the thing is your garden. And the entry level, I would say, are bird species. Birds have a really difficult time because as we're developing and growing as a nation, their, their birding environment where they can get food and where they can wash and clean and get water is becoming more divvied up and developed. So it's more of a concrete jungle. So they've got to fly further in terms of getting a square meal. So turn your garden into a place that is animal-friendly, that's bird-friendly, butterfly-friendly, butterfly frog-friendly as well. Ooh. The key with the – yes, we're going to get into frogs in a moment, and I'm just <laughs> so excited. But a last word there about the birds is that never forget that your small birds are your big players in conservation. And they're critical. So let's take care of those little birds. Let them do their work. Be active in that, that ecological environment. Let us manage their habitat. 
So I would say that's a good place to start is your garden and making it bird friendly. Wow. And really, you know what I love about that, Michelle, is you aren't saying go out there, dive into the ocean and save the penguins yourself. Really, it's about the average person, wherever they are, in whatever capacity, they can do their little bit to help. And which is, you know, all the little things. It's the first step to making a big difference. And see, there's beautifulness for your own soul when you start tending your garden and, and sitting down and seeing what nature is. There's a beautifulness about Africa and Africa's history and us as Africans is that we find God, and this is not getting into a religious discussion, yeah. we find God in nature. We, and, and that is where our soul really lives. So by taking off your shoes and getting a little bit of soil between those toes and, um, Oh, gosh, uh, sitting and observing and feeling the wind on your face and uh, dew drops on your lips. We really are closer to God with us, closer to ourselves and to our souls. And that's one of the reasons why we need to be conserving this natural habitat of ours. One of the things that you said that's on your website, which which rings so true uh, with what you're saying now with helping out the birds, is each positive action, no matter how small, creates a positive ripple effect. So by working in your garden, helping out with the birds and making it uh, animal pet friendly, animal friendly, you're actually helping to a much bigger cause. And I love that. Totally. And, and while we're on the topic, let's talk about that for a second. Let's talk about the fact that animals, it's not necessarily protecting the animals, it's protecting the land that those animals inhabit. Now, what is that land? That land is the soil and the air that keeps us as human beings alive. So that's why it's critical to take care of the animals. It's really more, if you want to get into the semantics of it, about protecting that land because it's the land that's giving us the air to breathe, which supports our human life. And as we know, we cannot jump on a rocket ship and head off to a close other planet that's got the same system that supports human life. So that's why it's really important. That's the circle of life, I think. You know, Michelle, the overall um, discussion that we're trying to emphasize with every single person who's listening right now is how to dedicate your life to service. And so, yes, some people might not necessarily be drawn to animals, but wherever they are and in whatever cause they believe in, dedicate your life to being a little bit selfless. And so for you, with the great work that you've done with animals, what's been the biggest um, lesson that you've learned or the best memory that's made you a better person and that were, that you would use to inspire someone to go out there and use their life for good? I think that one of the lessons I've learned is, is that Working with creatures, all creatures and species, whether it's frogs, whether it's it's inter- interesting insects, quite frankly, or elephants, yeah. creatures that connect with you directly, is just that sense of, of being humbled, where it's, gosh, we are so small in comparison to what is out there. And ultimately, we never seem to have the answers, do we? Uh, There's nobody (laughs) telling us this is the reason why we're living. Um, It's it's really, I think, about just connecting. And life is filled with moments of connection and the glory and the joy of those connections. I I think that's been my greatest lesson is is realizing the reason why I function on this planet is, is purely to make, to have happy moments with others, whether it's a creature or a human being. Agreed. And oh, that's amazing. 
Preach, Michelle, preach. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you, I'm kicking that soapbox right back under the chair. <laughs> oh, I love it. Michelle, thank you so much for coming on to Hands Across SA right here on cliffcentral.com. <laughs> Oh, see, it's been such a pleasure. And for you and the team, I would love to have you round to my house in Riyadh House um, and come and make a magnificent meal for you. So see that? That, know, that would be amazing. We'll, we'll even babysit rain as you prepare. It's fine. We'll do whatever. <laughs> that sounds stunning. Well, it's an open invite. Let me know when you want to come. Oh, have an awesome day and carry on being awesome and just being Michelle. Lovely. Thank you so much, Sia. It's all a pleasure to chat with you. Good all luck. All righty. Thank you. Bye-bye. Okay, bye-bye. What an awesome person. Yeah, she's she's inspirational. I think we need to get her into studio, or we can do the show from her house when we have dinner. Just honestly, just picture it for a second, people. Michelle is this passionate, energetic woman, and then you have Rian, who's like this DIY, so I'm just picturing their house. He probably built it himself. <laughs> <laughs> There's great artwork on the wall. Michelle seems like a fantastic host and a great cook. We'll take photos and Instagram it. It'll, it'll be a whole Instagram, Cliff Central moment. I would be such a big groupie then. You know, you have to be honest with yourself, and it's one of those things. Like, I know certain people I would never be able to be around because I would not be able to contain myself. That, yeah, <laughs> I would lose it. You're, Just like even if I were to receive like an invite from Peter. Mm. Mm, that's going to happen. Tanya's going to make that happen. She's I'll already started. Connect. I've seen her. She's already drafting emails. So best you start going to gym yeah, so we can get you ready. What's whatever needs to be done. Tanya, what's the feedback like and what sort of support do you get? Is it hard to really get people rallying up and believing in, in helping animals? Yes. Um, and, the, you know, life is busy. Yeah. That's the thing. And and people say they're going to come through and help or they want to do something, but life just gets so busy. So, you know, we just even if they can help out at any animal rescue center or any any organization mm-hmm. once a month, that does a whole big difference for that organization. But are we receptive to you know, respecting animals as well and taking care of pets as South Africans? Yes, there are there are a lot of people um I know a friend, her name's Helen Taylor. She does a lot of work in her location. Mm-hmm. And she says that they do dog shows um, once a year. In, and wow. in, in the location, yes. And only dogs that are sterilized can can go and com- compete in the competition. Oh, wow. That's incredible. So, what, yeah. yeah. Oh, I was about to say something then. Okay, well, it kills two birds with one stone. I'm very proud. <laughs> Terrible analogy. Yeah, I was drafting an an email to Michelle as well. And I was like, well, uh, we're going to kill two birds. I was like, oh, wait, we can't use that analogy to an animal enthusiast. So, dot, 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 backtrack. Definitely not. Yeah. But I I absolutely love that. So, have you never doubted or regretted your decision of leaving the corporate world, leaving a stable income? Because didn't you move back with your parents and sell your car? Yes, now I moved back with my parents to work Ooh. at the rescue center. So, and yeah, I had a good job. Cause, cause here's the thing. I, I come from a family just even saying, oh, can I take a gap here and really find myself and what I want to do? That in itself of not going straight to studying was a big deal for my parents. So what did they say when you're like, uh, hey, so <laughs> I'd like to leave my job. No, they, my mom's very supportive. She knows she's part of why I love animals so much because she's also an animal lover of herself. Uh-huh. Um, and yeah, she supported me. And thank goodness she did because um, 
I'm living back with my parents. It's not always easy, but it's it's good. I think that I think that's important in any given situation is to have a really cool support system. So you're going out there, you are doing amazing things within the community uh, for the animals. You've changed the face of the shelter. Where where when you took over, it was one thing, and it's now become your thing. It's yes. your dream and, and it's your passion and you're fighting for it every day and that needs a good support system to get that going. Yes, we do. I think it's it's hugely important. Thank you so much. So, even when you I'm still caught up on this. Even when you sold your car and you left your job and you were knocking back on mommy and daddy's door, they accepted you with wide open arms? Yes, they Okay. <laughs> Alright, to each his own. <laughs> but this is what I absolutely love and I, I'm totally trying to Get more support for the Urban Animal Rescue Center. The hashtag that you guys are now promoting is hashtag adopt, don't shop. What's that about? It means that you shouldn't go to pet shops or breeders to buy an animal. Rather adopt an animal. So Okay. Yes. Instead of shopping, which is like online or at a pet shop or at breeders, rather go to a rescue center, SPCA, and adopt an animal. So it's all really, I think, what we've learned within this whole show, it's all about education. Yes. How well you know about what's going on, what you've learned about it, so that you can make the correct decisions. And changing the way you think. If you, mm. in the past, and, and it would, I mean, I remember growing up when you would go to a pet store and they'd have those cages with the dogs in it that you would buy the puppy from there. Oh, yeah, like, you don't think twice. No, and the, I think the problem, the first problem with pet stores, and it's it's me sort of targeting all of them which is maybe wrong but a lot of those pet stores where the puppies come from are from um horrible breeding puppy mills puppy mills that's yeah. what they call them where they they literally oh. people have these dogs that just breed all day and all that's all they do and that's how they make their money by breeding mm-hmm. these dogs so the first thing is find out and I'm I'm talking out of turn but find out where the animals are coming from that you're getting. And more importantly, if you're keen on getting a new little addition to your family, get involved with the shelters, either in your area or even just online, because they're all so connected that they could assist. If you're looking for a specific dog, they could help you. If you're not looking for a specific dog, make your way out to the shelters and and have a look at, at the different dogs that they have. I found an incredible story from America. And I'm going to show you the pictures, Tans, because it's, it is really, really interesting. A pet shelter um, in the States, they and I would love to find an artist here that could do the same thing for Ooh. you. They took the photos that they'd been taking of the dogs, and in order to market them correctly, they photoshopped the photos to show, like the one photo that I'm looking at is, uh, the first photo was a dog just looking up. And the second photo, they've completely photoshopped it, and they've put a butterfly in and like a grassy area. That is stunning. Yeah, and <laughs> and it just makes it look better so that pe- when people look at the photo, they go, oh, that dog looks incredible. I want that dog. So if we have any artists listening who are good at graphic design or even Photoshop, because I suck badly, but if there's someone who's great at graphic design, get in touch. Um, and I'd love you to get in touch with Tanya as well. They've got uh, websites, which is www.irwinanimalrescue.coza. Dub, dub, dub. I love that. I, uh, yeah. <laughs> or I'll you, at least be saying that three more times as well today. I'm just teaching you things. Or you can follow them on Facebook. It's the Irwin Animal Rescue Center. So it's not like false advertising, even if it is. You know, we're trying to promote good. So no, gonna... because you'll see, you'll see, I mean, it's still the same dog. It's yeah. just the dog. the dogs are in a different area. They just look cool, you know? That's meaningful. Uh, Look at that. That's that's pretty incredible. Anything to get them a home, so a good I, home. So here's the 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 bigger discussion that we were having today, um, Tanya, 
It's about dedicating your life to service. And you've dedicated yours to animals. What has been the most rewarding thing that you've experienced? Well, I'll just take Lazarus, for instance. He's the one I mentioned that was the, um, dog in a dog fighting. Yeah. Um, just to see him, I mean, it was a touch and go at first. He was at the hospital for a while. Um, and you know, I was there for over a week. And just to see him get up and start playing, he loves balls. And just to see him happy again. Mm. And, um, I mean, you get dogs. We had a little miniature poodle that was found in the middle of the road. It looked like a rag. Luckily, the lady stopped and, and um, to see what it was, and it was a, a dog. Yeah. And he was deaf and blind. Skin and bones. Imagine. Um, I don't know how he survived because out there where the center is, it's in the middle of nowhere. Um, he was covered in blackjacks. When I took him to the vet, we had to try and get some of the hair off because it was hurting him so much. Um, he spent a, a week in the hos- in the vet as well. And um, before he even came to the center, he found a wonderful home. But yeah, he's completely deaf and he's 99% blind. Uh, so to see to see an animal in such a bad state come into the center and then now they showed me a photo of his makeover he's now learned how to climb the stairs he's learned how to go outside for the toilet he 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 obviously knows his owner so he like gets so excited when he when he knows that she's there yeah just to see that i mean it makes everything worthwhile the world of difference that's yes. fantastic for you as a person what does that do to you being able to help someone else, help animals, just being of service to someone else. How huh? has that changed you? Yeah, it makes you work harder. It makes you respect life. makes you respect people that do good. Mm. Um, and also, you, you do, you get to know a lot of people. And if you do see cruelty, you know exactly what to do and who to contact. That's fantastic. Tanya, you're amazing. <laughs> it you. has been phenomenal having you on the show. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thanks and, for having me. And I'd like... One Saturday for Sia and myself to come out to Irwin's and to lend a hand. Yeah. Oh, we all welcome you with open hands. 360 dogs. It's quite loud, but <laughs> a lot of excitement. Yeah, and I'm not just saying this because I want to get into your good books and be on a Peter Bell, uh, billboard, but it really is great work. So thank you so much for coming on to the show. Thank you so much for having me, Sia. You're an awesome, awesome woman. So that's Tanya from the Irwin Animal Rescue Center. So, of course, you can follow them on Twitter and just promote the hashtag, hashtag adopt, don't shop. Is that our hashtag of the week, Brent? That's our hashtag of the week. Mm. That is what we're going to stick mm. to, adopt, don't shop. I love that. And, and hopefully we can get it trending and get people doing the, the changing their, their thought process. And instead of going to shop for a dog, you can adopt at a shelter, which I think is important. Let's start a fad because clearly that's how we started the show off. That's like you have to get people involved and inspired. Like it's that. so 2012 to shop for a dog. Amen. 2014 is <laughs> all about adopting from a shelter. Let's be trendsetters. Yeah, we trendsetters. are trendsetters. <laughs> so a really cool story out of Turkey yeah. uh, where they have a huge homeless dog problem. And, and like Michelle mentioned, plastic is a huge problem in South Africa. This might be able to work here. They created a vending machine. That accepts plastic. You, so as a as a, a, a community member, you walk around, you find plastic, maybe plastic from your house. You stick it in the vending machine. Yeah. And then the vending machine releases dog food into a dog bowl. So they've got this huge. No way. They've got this huge dog problem that Turkey's filled with all these homeless dogs. 
Um, but they're getting society to pay for the dog food because that plastic can be recycled. It literally pays for the dog food. And it's a vending machine. I think it's absolutely incredible. I'm going to post a link to the video. It's real. It, dog food from plastic. I love that. So it's like a standardized dog food. You put in your plastic. Not. It's literally, you're, you guys, I feel like such horrible persons keep on saying killing two birds with one stone here. We need to find <laughs> you a new analogy. Okay, let's be nicer. Okay, let's be more <laughs> Doing two things at once. Thank you. Exactly that. And so, as we wrap up the show, this is Theo who does not do two things at once. <laughs> and this is Brent that does ten things at once. You see, and that is why you're Mr. Mail and Guardian number two. <laughs> do, you, do you have a specific figure? Oh, no. It's just, it's 200. Okay. It just fits in there somewhere. It was, it was going to create turf war if they have, like, you 200 and then, like, someone at number yeah, one. Yeah, who's number one? You know what? It's Brent, you're my number one. You're, like, Mail and Guardian who? You're the number yeah, one. That's incredible. And oh, we're, we're practicing nice our, th- we're practicing our thank you. So okay. thank you. There we go. <laughs> yes. Cause being, saying thank you is a wonderful thing. So thank, thank, you, thank you for you, the awesome you. show. And right? thank you for the awesome show. And now we're not going to stop this chain. It's, it's we, just going to go to stop back and forth. <laughs> it's been incredible. And as it always is on a Tuesday, we love hands across SA. We hope you do too. We love it when you get involved with the show. Oh yeah. If you wanna, if you wanna listen to parts that you missed out on, you can catch the podcast. We'll tweet all of that up on Facebook and Twitter as well. We'll Yes. And of course, until next week, if you wanna get in contact with us, it's simply hashtag hands across SA. But from our side, my name is Sia. And my name is Brent. Sia.